Welcome at the Growcast, the podcast of Blue City and Blue City Lab, in which we talk with eight Rotterdam-based pioneering biodesigners, our so-called pioneers, about how a future will look like if we design with nature as our guideline. We started this podcast to celebrate the opening of Blue City Lab, a biocircular playground for pioneers located in the heart of Blue City. We invited four frontrunners whose work will make us rethink everything we think we know and four aspiring biodesigners who want to challenge the status quo. My name is Barbara Vos and I'm Emma van der Leest. In this podcast we want to welcome Anna Alessia Vigiano from Italy, a chemist, a biodesigner and student at the Design Academy Eindhoven. She designed solar cells that use the coloring agent of red cabbage and has joined Blue City Lab to develop her prototypes. Welcome, Anna. Hi. Yeah, hello. Hi. Could you tell us, that this is a question we, we start with, with all our um, guests, how were the last couple of months for you? Uh, well, actually for me, the last two months were, like few months, were very productive. And I started a new... Uh, a new master in design academy and I had the possibility to work on my own project and it was a really productive moment and a really exciting period of my life actually despite all the crises and the global pandemic but yeah. <laughs> okay wow it is good to hear and is it was it because you could focus more or Yeah, during the, the proper lockdown, I finally had the possibility to be at home for um, a lot of time, actually. <laughs> and I tried to use this time in a more the more productive way. So I start reading and I start writing and I start to like defining my future path and decide what to do with my life. And then I decided also to apply to Design Academy and I had the possibility to prepare everything. And in which uh, which education uh, are you in at the Design Academy? I'm in a new master, which is called Geodesign. Okay, nice. Uh, this is the first year uh, for this this master, and it's basically uh, related with research and transdisciplinarity. Wow, sounds really exciting. And can you tell uh, a little bit more about what you do? We already mentioned the uh, the red cabbage uh, and the coloring agents. Um, that made us really curious. So please tell us, what are you working on? Yeah, so I developed that project as a thesis project from my previous bachelor in chemistry. And I started uh, working on that project from a critique Uh, which was related to the way the actual solar cells are, are produced. Uh, so the fact that they contain silicium, which is uh, an element that you can find in nature and has to be extracted from the nature and has to be processed through a series of very economic and um, also environmental dispendious processes, uh, made me think that Uh, it is somehow a green uh, source of energy, but unfortunately not completely because the disposal of these cells, it's not completely eco-friendly. So I start to think about how to develop a kind of solar cells that can be more, uh, uh, more friendly for the environment. And so I... I also thought about um, the nature and uh, what we have in the nature and what we can use and extract from the nature. And I saw that, uh, that 
some uh, dyes and molecules that are contained in the in the fruits and vegetables uh, are able to actually transport the the photons and so i decided to extract <coughs> these uh, these dyes from the from the vegetables and to apply them in the solar cells and does it work it worked yeah basically the structure of the molecular it's uh, able to transfer the electrons yeah. from the light to an external circuit so basically they catch the light and they transport this energy through an external circuit so in in a way that they can they can create a current and, and and did you find this out with your thesis when you were well you you are a chemist right yeah 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 i developed this as a thesis project for my bachelor yeah and is it still on the in the lab phase or are companies really interested in ap applying this because we have solar panels right now but we know we can also create it with algae mm. with beet you know there are many more opportunities yeah. that needs to be looked at yeah unfortunately it's still uh, on the research phase uh, because it worked but the efficiency it's not comparable to the actual solar cells no. so it's but it still took the actual solar cells 40 years to get to this yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so maybe in the future it can it could be that I mean it can open possibilities, but it's still on the research phase. And now other laboratories and also the um, laboratory in which I I led my research, it's still working on this on this topic. So was that also um, your motivation to um, to 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 see how. Um, like for the energy transition, it shouldn't be about one topic, but you want to mm. also uh, close the loop in, 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 in that uh, line of field as well. Yeah, it, for me, it's basically um, like to uh, find gaps within the research and within the actual, let's say, structure of the society and to try to fill them somehow. And uh, also for my thesis project, it was the same. I started from an idea that was uh, how to fill this gap, mm -hmm. how to produce a more green source of energy. And starting from this idea, I started to investigate and to research, uh, also using other people's work because it's also about uh, sharing knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and like um, uh, finding uh, new solutions, starting from other people' research, yeah. and uh, yeah, basically for me was uh, finding fi finding a way for filling a gap. And th that makes you an ideal contestant for the Circular Challenge because we know you through the Circular Challenge, right? Yeah, I also participated in the Circular Challenge. Yeah, and I will and just explain <laughs> for people who don't know it. Um, so it's a Blue City Circular Challenge. It's a six-week track we organize for students, young professionals, or people that currently are switching careers here at Blue City. 
and we challenged different teams to transform a waste stream into a circular product within six weeks for one of our participating companies, so that differs every time. But you can think of company of organizations or municipalities like the municipality of Rotterdam or building company BAM. And the most promising teams are guided towards setting up a real startup and that resulted actually in some high potential circular concepts, products and services like Waterweg, which is a water permeable, wow, Emma, how do you pronounce this? <laughs> water permeable tile? <laughs> yes, well, the thing is, what makes it so special is that it's made from waste uh, stream of dredge. And so it's, it's like this climate adaptive tile. That's, so it's, the water can trickle through it instead of it lies on top of it. So that's, I think, one of the... It's a, it's, 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 it's a beautiful project. And you were the winner of the last circular challenge, right? With the team. Yeah. We won the last circular challenge and we were working together with the, with the Waterbird and the sewage company. And in this case, what we tried to do was to create value from a, a waste product. And basically, I, were, I was so fascinated by the idea of um, creating this value from something that it's not valuable and it doesn't represent uh, a resource and it's even uh, harmful for the environment, it also represents an economic cost. And so I started to think how to transform this waste product in something that can actually uh, have a value. And uh, it turns out that we worked on a solution that has uh, hypothetically, and I hope in the future, an economic value and also um, aesthetic value because we decided to create a green wall uh, by using, um, using them as a way to filter the wastewater from the high-rise building, which turns yeah. out it represents a, a problem. Yeah, because the, 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 the main focus was, okay, how can we work with waste streams in in high-rise buildings, yeah, right? Exactly. That was the challenge, and every challenge. team had a different uh, challenge. Yeah, we worked on uh, five different uh, streams, waste yeah. streams from the high-rise building, and uh, our um, our our challenge was about uh, wastewater. Okay. So is that water from the toilets? Yeah, exactly. Um, from the toilets right. and from the sinks, shower, yeah. uh, dishwasher, etc. So we decided to um, to filter this water by using the ability of some kind of plants, basically the halophytes, <laughs> to filter the water and to um, in a way that it's not harmful for the plants themselves. Because I've got a question, uh, because you work with wastewater, so it's sewage, so that's actually people's urine and poo that comes shampoo. down, right? <laughs> okay, shampoo as well, but still it's like, okay, so it's, 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 so it's really noble to make waste streams in, in a new resource, but wow, this is next level shit actually. What was the first thing you thought when you got this particular challenge? Uh, well, at the beginning, I was a little bit... Uh, no, I was terrified from this, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's not easy to, to work with these kind of streams and it's not easy to like uh, think about 
um, finding a way to make it acceptable to the people. Exactly. But there's so much potential in it, right? And uh, Yeah, and especially all the smelly materials, because I remember from the previous years, we had the teams working in the lab towards their <laughs> first prototype. And also the dredge, but also other things from the sewage apparently have a very high potential to become the winner. So... Yeah, and that's changed my perspective. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because there's there's another thing that is poop is gold because there's so many valuable uh, uh, materials. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. It's, yeah. We, uh, we have a lot of nutrients. For example, for the from the urine, uh, we can extract uh, natrium and potassium, which are two of the most valuable uh, minerals from plants. So that's why we decided to work yeah, to with grow, plants. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we use plants that requires a high amount of of natrium and uh, and potassium. And uh, what we tried to do was to actually let the plants catch these uh, minerals yeah. uh, from the from the black water or grey water, uh, and to like. Um, to let them grow and yeah. to create uh, exactly this this value, this aesthetic value on the iRise building itself. Yeah, so closing the loop. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. Because the Hellofeed plant is a salt tolerant plant, right? So it's it's mostly found in near the beaches. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, so it's also an endemic uh, plant from the Netherlands, which is also another aspect that we consider it to reintroduce the local fauna mm -hmm. inside the cities uh, so we we try to combine different aspects that uh, we thought were interesting and um, to create uh, this new value out of a waste product and even uh, I'm just quickly looking up uh, the zeekraal which is an edible um, kind of yeah plant living near the sea is growing. So basically we can say that we can grow food on poo and <laughs> shampoo, right? Yeah. So yeah. You, can, you can make like a self-sufficient house. Yeah, basically that should be the goal. <laughs> so and just um, uh, uh, to explain a little bit more, so it was the wall, yeah. uh, the outside wall you're working on. So yeah. there was the, 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 and the, the focus point. And yeah. Yeah. the facade, yeah. Yeah. And this also will allow us uh, will allow us to introduce green species inside the cities. So this will uh, give us also a series of other benefits related to uh, the control of the temperature inside the building. So reduce the um, the thermal excursion between the inside and the outside. Uh, which has benefits both during the winter that yeah. during the summer. It also catches the CO2, it produces uh, oxygen. and uh, So green buildings are good for your health and the environment. Yeah, exactly. It also allows us to introduce uh, new species, reintroduce species inside the city, which has been um, basically kicked off. <laughs> Yeah, so you have to be, um, be careful with the invasive exode. Yeah. So, yeah sorry, <laughs> we can skip this one. Yeah. <laughs> and and also in the challenge, of course, you are a chemist. You so you know a lot about 
the topic and also probably about the role of the plant, you know, the how it works on a, let's say, a molecular level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also collaborating with a lot of different disciplines in your group and also entrepreneurs who are coaching your and your team uh, to get to the, the end products, right? Um, what kind of opportunities arose during and after the challenge for you? So you just did this challenge with your background as a chemist and also as a designer, mm-hmm. <coughs> but what did it bring you as a person and in your line of work, because we okay. can get back to the solar cells, okay. and, and your focus point on your masters. So uh, let's bring it back to this corona two months of solitude, reading and okay. looking forward, and with this knowledge and this uh, practice uh, experience you had. So... What did it bring you? Um, it was super interesting for me to work in a team uh, that has people with completely different background because uh, this allows us to exchange points of view and perspective. And it was super interesting for me to understand how people with a different background and a different mindset um, face a problem, face the same yeah. problem. So it also helps you to to grow and to acquire different points of view. Maybe also think about aspects that you never considered before because it's not uh, proper of your mindset and your background. Mm. And um, but uh, so you're a chemist and you're a researcher and a designer and. Uh, What brought you to Blue City Lab? I approached Blue City Lab um, basically for uh, my interest uh, in uh, design and also because I was uh, intrigued by what uh, is going on in Blue City Lab. It's basically um, a place where uh, people with different interests, like almost, uh, let's say, interests that are like uh, transversal interests are based. And also because Blue City Lab gives the opportunity to these people to develop their project uh, through the use of facilities and economic support. And so I was uh, interested by what's going on here. Did you actually know that Emma is the founder of the lab? She told me two ah. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people always ask, I don't see my Blue City. No, I'm in the cellars, of course. Downstairs yeah. where nobody... <laughs> need to get out of the cellars. Yeah. So that's why we are doing a podcast. Anna, you're, of course, nature is a big inspiration for you. I think maybe that's also why you started studying chemistry, maybe. Um, which aspect of nature inspires you the most? I am really fascinated from the way nature in general is able to adapt to new circumstances. So this idea of living together with the trouble and to find new ways of uh, facing it and to uh, living in a basically... This way of coexisting together with the trouble and to 
with other species and um, finding new solutions that involves uh, different species. And so it seems to me you always are searching for friction in your professional life. Yeah, I actually recently realized that I always start every process or project or parts of my life um, with a question. And this question usually involves this kind of friction. So I'm always uh, looking for uh, gaps and I always uh, question myself how to fill these gaps. I think of all the people we interview, you are like the, the category researcher and mm -hmm. of course you're a chemist. And that's very interesting about all the profiles we have yeah. here. So that gives us a very interesting yeah, perspective and also the ecosystem of the lab and who people who are triggered to uh, to come here and work together because everyone is searching for their collaboration for their friction mm -hmm. and um, the um, so so we started with the conversation about the solar cells and your research and um, but is it that you are attracted also to the lab that it can come to life that you can see what happens be, um, to visualize your research and make it feasible for example uh, yeah so basically um, I always start uh, processes or project with a question and what I do is trying to uh, find these gaps and at the same time finding way of filling the gaps and I'm really fascinated by the opportunity of uh, gaining knowledge in a constantly evolving process. And for me, in this context, research is very important. And, it's, um, and it, it, it represents the base of my, of my practice. And um, the way I use research is, uh, is, a, is a critical way. Uh, the this idea of using um, the design as a research tool, as a research method that allows you also to uh, design research methods, and also um, I I like this idea of uh, designer as a translator figure uh, that uh, basically combine different points of view and has a broad vision of dif on dif different aspects and it's able, it is able to uh, translate this knowledge in a, um, in a narrative, in a, a visual way and uh, uh, in an embodiment. Of, uh, of I think this is, this is really beautiful. I'm really, really glad <laughs> you are giving us this answer because that is what we talked about, you know, designers are there uh, and also to visualize scientific um, ideas, projects, uh, evidence, so to say, and you're the one who is seeing that already and took the step to study also design and involve design, which makes me really happy. Uh, Emma always <laughs> says like researchers and designers are actually working on the same thing, but use different methods, right? Yeah, kind yeah. of. Look at her smiling. Yeah, I'm really, <laughs> yeah. really, um, yeah, you really address it in a, in a good way. 
What do you think about the role, what uh, the role of education could play in, in this? Because um, we work in hybrid teams, different disciplines, everybody's talking about interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary. How do you think the role of education, um, or how, yeah, what the role of education is? Because it is super important to educate our future designers, engineers. How do you experience that? I also have a very critical point of view about this, actually, which is <laughs> which is also the reason why I I decided to uh, to start uh, to start working with design and not only with uh, chemistry, and it's because there is this idea of hyper specialization. Mm -hmm. uh, in the academic context and the educational context in general in this moment. Uh, but I think that um, our society, especially in the way, uh, in the endless ways it's interconnected with everything, doesn't require this kind of hyper-specialization because um, for facing problems that are so complex, What we need is to find different approaches that involves different personalities and different professionalities and different backgrounds. And so uh, what I think is that uh, the education and the academic research in general should be more open to this kind of um, exchange, to this interdisciplinarity and uh, to face the new challenges in a different way. Wow. Yeah, an applause. Yeah, this is, this is beautiful. I'm, I'm just... Uh, Barbara can finally clap with I her can, hands. Uh, yes. She loves to clap. Spanish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, there was a first joke. I think it's... it's um, okay, normally we finish off with two questions, but I'm, I'm actually more interested in how you foresee the future instead of these questions. Mm, at the moment, I'm really digging into design. I think that uh, for like grow and for develop yourself, you should pass through a deconstruction process. So now I'm really digging into design and I hope to combine this with my scientific background in the future in a more complete way, let's say. At the moment, I'm of course using my um, mindset and my... Uh, skills uh, because uh, they shape my my brain basically, and um, I hope to combine this with my my skills and my knowledge in the future. Yeah, well, I'm also really curious if you have a, a favorite project or a designer that really is is a really an example for you. Okay, That's what. You. Yeah, but also um, a favorite by designer architect chemist maybe, uh, you can name it, to collaborate with and, and who would that be? Hmm. That's a good question. I never thought about this. Um, can, can, I, can I give you one? Because I think you, you haven't thought of it, but I would look into psychology if I were you. That's a strange one, but the deconstructing. Yeah. That's 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 like really like how you work with psychology, and I think if you can see some you know, 
therapies and how they work, it, it, there will be some interesting revelations. Mm. Interesting. Maybe I will catch it. <laughs> but do you have an ex example or a person that, that really inspires you, that you look up to? And I really like Cecil uh, Tolas. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's also a chemist and a designer, yeah. and she works with aromas. Ah, so I really smell. yeah smell. So I really like this idea of working with different senses that are not only the sight, basically, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, like the first approach we all have. But this idea of uh, tackling somehow our inner self through the combination uh, of design and chemistry. Yeah. It's something that really inspires me. Well, uh, haven't you just <laughs> did something with aromas, Emma? Yes. Well, yeah, last week we had a, a workshop. Um, actually, my colleague, Ivan Henriquez, from the William Kooning gave this workshop for students. And we were making scents or smells from anything you can think of. Uh, let's say urban smells. Um, so, and there was a workshop together with Maki Ueda, who is a Japanese smell artist, really fantastic work. But one of the things that really uh, struck my mind, so to say, was the baklava perfume. Uh, so there was a student who actually made from a piece of baklava, uh, you know, the the delicacy. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Turkish. It's a Turkish delicacy made out of uh, the pastiche. Yeah, so that's, yeah, smell is, it's, it's really, uh, I can, uh, yeah, talk a lot about it. But talking about Cecil Talas, I really love her, uh, the, the Human Cheese Project. Do you know that one? Yeah. Together with Christina Akapakis. <laughs> cheese Project. Well, actually, you can make cheese from, yes. from human matter. Well, then... For example, we have certain yeast living on our body. Yeah, so we're not talking about the 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 the, the breastfeeding milk, right? So you're talking no, this about is a, a this is an, an yeah. basically an older project, but still very relevant. So from we have a saying, you know, the toe cheese things mm -hmm. that are living between your feet. Yes, but actually, you can make a delicious cheese out of that. Out of the, the things between. Yeah, the toes. so if you cultivate that and. <laughs> So for the people at home, I'm 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 turning a bit green. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a really interesting project. So we're now making a bit fun of fun of it. But yeah. it's 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 a really interesting um, conversation, actually. Yeah, and it's it's also it's it's you're prickling the mind. So everything that you know, it's it can be deconstructed and you rethink again. So it's. It's almost uh, the the classified nature nurture discussion as well, in a different sense. Sorry, psychology. Yeah. Are you a Skip this one. No, no. Well, almost no. Um, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to say anything? Uh, is there something on maybe on the tip of your tongue that you want to address, or maybe uh, if. Uh, if you are really looking for someone to work or collaborate with, you can also use this moment for a short pitch. No, I don't think so. <laughs> People can find me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, so thank you so much. And thank you for this very interesting story and making Emma so happy. Yeah, I'm really uh, floating on my uh, on my chair. No, it, I think Anna is really, um, could be an inspiration for a lot of, a lot of students, I think, we, we, and also the, especially chemistry and biology students, because most of the time you see the other way around, so designers start to study biology, well, in my, the people I know, uh, but for you it's the other way around. And yeah, I think you really showed people the potential of a chemist starting to study at the Design Academy and used design as a, a power to bring chemistry to to the market but then in a, in a different way it's it's much more poetic much more tangible and i think that's really necessary to tell the people or tell people about uh, new technologies or, or or chemistry because it's so it's something we don't know really what it is you know a lot of people don't know yeah they have a sense of what chemistry is but how it how would it look like in our daily lives and i think uh, that's really nice metaphor to use design for that so thank you for telling that story thank yeah thank you this growcast was hosted by barbara vos and emma van der leest and produced by blue city lab this podcast was realized with funding from the municipality of rotterdam and creative industries fund nl and was edited by puree productions we also want to give a shout out to nienke binnendijk director of blue city lab and Sabine Biesheuvel, director of Blue City, and actually everyone else from the Blue City team for their trust and never-ending support. Until next time, thank you for listening.